everybody and welcome to this week's edition of This Woman Can as we continue my series of interviews with women in the STEAM sector. Now my guest this week, I've always been very intrigued when I saw her profile in LinkedIn so I'm going to give you a bit of her bio but let her talk about what she does. So Dr. Valma Jessamy is a native of the island of Grenada, where she lives and works as the resident scientist of the award-winning Grenville Vale Tropical Botanic Garden, which she owns as has been developing since 2008. In 2009, a swarm of honeybees made their home in the garden, and since then she's developed a proprietary planting scheme of over 135 135 species of medicinal plants native to the Caribbean, creating a sanctuary for the honeybees. Dr. Jessamy developed a proprietary, I'm struggling that word, medical grade honey, which has the highest bioactivity against antibiotic drug resistant bacteria when compared to other honeys available on the global market. At present, she's the CEO and principal research scientist of the 17th stroke 21st Centricures Limited and developed medicinal devices for wound healing using the medical honey and medicinal plants from her conservation farm, Jessamine Eden Wellness Farms with patents pending. She is the recipient of several awards for the best honey in the world and is also the executive director and founder of Jayco Caribbean Inc., the first environmental management and development consulting firm in the Eastern Caribbean. And for over 25 years, she has provided consulting services to the OECS Commission, Caribbean governments, development ag agencies, and private sector organizations. So, Dr. Jessamy Valma, welcome to This Woman Can. Uh, Thank you so much, Janice. Thank you for having me on your program. Well, you know, I'm intrigued because we said off air that, you know, um, one of the things I wanted to do as such a young child growing up was, um, was a scientist, which I didn't do very well at. But the other thing I'm also fascinated about, and I've just gone into this because with being at home and a little more of the homesteading piece, is the piece around bees. So, you know, and, yeah. and looking to maybe keep my own bees, you know, I've got my little vegetable garden and stuff like that. So I was def doubly intrigued. Plus, you're a proper scientist. <laughs> So, Valma, Dr. Jessamy, tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Oh, well, I, I grew up in the countryside. I'm a country girl. I remember when I went to school in the city for high school, I was called a country bookie. Oh, <laughs> a country bookie. <laughs> because my accent was different. You know, you, you would string words differently. Um, you would say, for instance, mango, Julie. Mm. And the girls in the city said, Julie, mango. Right, so right, I right. Mango, Julie, they would be like, mango, Julie. And they would laugh at me. And they'd be like, oh, you mean Julie, mango, <laughs> you know? So um, so I, 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 I was in love with nature from a very, very young age. We grew up. Um, very tied to the land yeah. because we owned my, my grandparents and my parents did farming and um, and and they were great farmers on lots of, of, of land and we also live very close to the seaside right my dad had a boat he built it himself okay. 
So the, the, we, we would eat our own food. We would eat fish from the sea. We had um, chickens. And so, you know, you, you just grew up doing stuff with, yes. with the earth, with, with growing your own food, out on the seashore. And so I, I fell in love with nature and everything about it because it was the way we lived. And right. um, there was always this scientific curiosity yeah. I remembered we would take different animals. It sounds kind of, <laughs> and we would actually dissect it open. Right. And get to see all the organs. And one of my older siblings was doing biology and chemistry in school right. at the time. Yeah. And so she come home and show off all the techniques, how to dissect a rat. So we got a rat and we dissected it <laughs> open. And we did it with lizards and we did not, we were not thinking cruelty. We were just thinking yeah. scientific and curiosity. Uh, curiosity. We did it to a frog and she showed us how to pin it down. And yeah. we saw the heart working and everything working, you know? So, so that was always this, this scientific curiosity. The other thing for me, I was quite ill as a child. Right. So when everyone was outside playing I am on the indoor looking out yeah. you know yes. and so I grew up hearing a lot of no you can't do this no you can't do that value you've got to stay inside value not and there was some misdiagnosis I had a lot of problems with my respiratory system and allergies and what have you and the cures from the, the, the village women and my grandmother, Grandma Annie Gloucester, is what really kept me alive today wow. because they got into the herbs and yeah. all of the healing techniques they knew and made me all these herbal treatments. And that's what really kept me alive, honestly. So from a very young age, I knew a lot of the different herbs. And so they nicknamed me doctor. <laughs> I had my own little sketch. I learned how to take care of myself. Every every illness that passed, I got it. So right. I had the meals and the this and boils and sores and and I started learning how to heal myself. Right. Using right. a lot of the herbs. There's an old lady in the village, Miss Benodine, who would give me stuff. My grandma would give me stuff, and my dad, he learned a lot of the healing. Um, techniques and tradition, all the different herbs from his mom right. who learned from generations before. So that remained alive with me. Yeah. Um, so it was just a natural, very natural thing right. for me to be interested in biology and geography and all of the sciences in school, yeah. which is what I pursued. Yeah. Um, then you went on to A-levels and that's what I did for A-levels. It was biology and chemistry and geography. And, and you went to university and it was yeah, biology. Say, yeah. So I did my first degree in marine science and biology with a minor in chemistry. I was a chemistry teacher for two years, taught high school. And then I went on to do my, um, so there was this choice period. Right, right. And my mom was like, how are you doing this? Because, you know, I was the sick one. And, yes, and over yeah. time, I just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And because I was always uh, 
fighting back this idea that you can't do this now you can't do that you you have to stay inside oh you're gonna get hurt and so everybody at home I think right now is just shocked at how strong and brave I've become (laughs) so so the idea that I cannot do something was just foreign to me from then because you you always just kind of fought back and being on the indoor got me into reading so I was this, you know, really voracious reader. I read everything I could find. I remember at the age of 13, reading The Wealth of Nations. Right. And, you know, from Adam Smith and stuff that my dad, my dad did a lot of reading. Um, He's one of those persons who you would say um, was living within while doing without. He had a lot of big ambition for himself and 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 you know um how it is in the islands and he had the opportunity to go away to study but fatherhood came early and you know so there was all this delayed and deferred yeah yeah for dreams that that you know sort of inspired all of us yeah to pursue a path you know along right. education yeah, yeah my yeah. mom same thing you know early early motherhood um at the age of 22 and she had all these big dreams and both of my parents sort of were my inspiration right in terms of going down this path of entrepreneurship because my mom she um she was trained as a a stenographer from Pittsman's college in in London she did um and she started her own school right so he was at home with us and part of the house was dedicated to the school. So people will come home. Right. So she right. worked from home. So this right. whole idea of working from home, I saw my mom do it <laughs> all of my life. I actually worked out of home. Uh, so we had what was called the classroom. Right. And it was her room with uh, like, benches that my dad built because he was a good carpenter and there were like on this this one had five typewriters and the next side had another five typewriters and she would have 10 women sitting in the classroom and you hearing all the noise just clicking away and she's and so all of us learned to type and did and i've got maybe about five (laughs) certificates from Pittman's college in typing right um and so this whole idea that you can 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 work from home and 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 earn money was instilled in me yeah. from a very young age. Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad started his own business um, at the age of I think fifty and and right. did very well at it. So when I graduated um, from uh, engineering school with my master's degree i thought i'll go back to the caribbean and start my own consultant firm and i (laughs) i remember just being so excited about starting my own consultant firm and my dad was like excuse me get a job (laughs) right he the 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 thought was just kind of like so i spent all this money for you to go to school and you're telling me what go and find a good job because they they did not see how right. I could earn an, a good income yeah. then as an environmental scientist 25 odd years ago. Right. Right. Uh, I, made, I, was, I was the champion for global warming on campus. I yeah. did a lot of 
you know, stuff with cool it. We had a cool it program with, with, with the World Wildlife Fund. I was the campus coordinator, cool it coordinator, but nobody in the Caribbean was talking about cool it and global warming at the time. Now it's climate change. Yes. Um, and so I came home and I start, started my own business and they were like, huh, everybody just kind of dismissed me. And so I started... My consulting firm, Jekyll Caribbean, which means right. Jessamy Environmental Consultant. Okay. <laughs> From my bedroom. <laughs> so in my bedroom um, with uh, a typewriter. Of course, the time, this time it's an electronic typewriter right. that could, you know, correct. You can type in a paragraph and then press enter and it can type it yeah. out. And I felt really cool. There was no internet and all of the email and stuff. So I had a fax machine. And um, and, and that's how I got started. Okay. okay. I moved out of the bedroom to the living room. Yes, you started to be yeah, progressing. <laughs> Progress. Dining room and I took over the dining table. So nobody could have dined on the, the table for about a year. <laughs> so my family were very supportive in, in those early years. Now, you touched on there a couple, one thing that stood out for me where you touched about that um, you, you kept being told that you can't do something. So how has that shaped your mindset when you've gone, you've gone into business or your, or your own career that, you know, you can't tell me I can't do something? I don't ask for permission. Ah. <laughs> not to ask for permission anymore you just do it you just do it whatever it is you just yeah. do it Excellent. I do not ask for permission because if you ask for permission you would be told no it's not the right time mm. or it's not for women or you you don't have you know what it takes or you do not have money or yeah. all sorts of you know whatever other person's fears yeah. are yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and so I stopped telling people my, my, my dreams and what I wanted to do and just started doing it because uh-huh. I recognize every little achievement you made, you, you realize, oh, I can do this. Mm. You know, mm. I can do it. Mm. And so I stopped asking for permission. I love that. <laughs> stopped asking for permission. I love that. So you, 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 you talked about the, the field you went into. So you were you're always booking the trend anyway because as you said, environmentalism wasn't really a big topic then and stuff like that so mm-hmm. can you share this one of your in, in what you in your work your career one of the biggest challenges you faced and how you overcame came that and the lessons you learned well um two things the the environment engineering consultant field is male and white right okay and so those were two of the things. Um, black male, and if it's not a black male, it's white. Right. So as a woman, you, I found that it was always necessary to, to let people know what I know and to, to show that you, 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 um, that you are as knowledgeable or yeah. even more um that you're on point and so it meant delivering the best work doing your best work I remember um there were some some things along the way which were very encouraging um 
we lived very close to uh, the sea. And there's this mangrove ecosystem where dumping took place. You wouldn't right. call it a yeah. land. It wasn't a sanitary landfill, it was a dump. And so all of the the waste from the country was put into this wetland. And I started studying the system. My first sort of knowing that, that what I was doing was important was when the foundation for field research based in, in California, I'm not, I, they've, they've gone through some transi- transition. Yeah. But FFF funded my summer research program. And I was in uh, college doing my undergraduate degree at the time. And there were several volunteers from the Mm -hmm. UK and the US who came and spent the summer with me to study the the landfill and to look at the impact on the the mangroves and the wetland system and on the, the, the marine coastal area. And I wrote up my results. It was published in their magazine. And I submitted, I can't remember who asked me to do it, but I submitted a summary of my work to this national um, award competition with the USA Today. They did this All-American College Award, Academic and I got um, an honorable mention and, and it was a big thing for the university yeah. and I had this wall of honor, you know, um, for like a month, you know, I was up <laughs> that, hey, you know, somebody from the University of Tampa is, is named, you know, in this national um, program. And uh, so that made me, that, that first big award um, sort of, spur me on to have confidence right right it really gave me confidence yes so so for for women in sort of embarking in um roles that are male dominated fields what advice would you share because we don't all we don't all have the chance to go for awards and things like that because you know we may be doing different type different types of environments but it's still male dominated yeah. So yeah. what advice would you share with the women who find themselves in, the, in those fields to, to, to make, help them to stand out and navigate that environment? Well, first of all, you need to invest time in knowing your stuff, in really Absolutely. nailing it. Yes. You got to, you, you got to nail it. The, the second thing, you should not you know, apologize for being a woman. I, am, I, I have learned not to be apologetic. We tend to use the word sorry and, and, and don't ever be apologetic. And even if it's male dominated, it shouldn't mean that you should lose your femininity, your, 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 your womanness. Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, try to, to, you know, be like the boys and that kind of stuff. At the same time, you should not try to exploit being female yes and 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 allow people to see you just as 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 a female object as a sex object yeah Um, i have i remember very early having to deal with um i was in a business meeting with this executive 
And then when the meeting was finished and I'm leaving, he tried to hold on to me and kiss me. And I'm like, oh. wow. wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? And um, he was, because there was this really good rapport that had started. Yeah. And, um, and so right away, he recognized that uh, you can't do it with this one. Yeah, yeah. And I think I did not think about sexual harassment and all yeah. of that because it's been in the Caribbean over these, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that this really trust and respect relationship built because I did not report him, I didn't report it. Um, he said, Oh, I'm so sorry, you know. He was quick to apologize because I did not. I did not allow myself to um, be compromised that way. And we became really good friends. We became really good friends. The person was very supportive um, and very respectful. Right. And so very often in our male-dominated, in our male-dominated society, you have to be very careful with men using their power and influence as you try to, to, to you know, to, to, to gain access, yeah. whether it's for contracts, whether it's for, yeah. you know, financing, whether it's, you know, just to be heard for meetings, right. whatever. you have to use your femininity, but still be strong and forceful yeah. about yeah. And, yeah. and do not allow yourself to get compromised. Yeah. Um, so that I find to be um, a huge challenge for our, our, our young women because it's not something we talk about. You hear about the Me Too movement yeah. that swept the world, but not the Caribbean. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it, 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 it's true. It's true. And, it, and it's, about, it's about maintaining your, your authenticity because like you say, you don't want, you, the fact is you're a woman and that's yes. authentically you. You don't want to yes. lose that, but neither, like you say, you want to one have it exploited, or mm-hmm. or 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 be to a level. Do I say level of feminism? It's almost demeaning what you do because it's ignoring the fact that you have this knowledge that you yeah. have you you have it up here. You know what to do. You know to yeah. get and and it's it's a it's a very fine it's a it's a fine line. But what I hear you say, Valma, is it's all about creating boundaries. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And about confidence, about confidence. Yes, yes. I developed something that I call my confidence box. Okay, so share. We want to hear about the confidence box. Actually, I have this box. (laughs) And um, in my confidence box, I have a few books that are key. I have a few things that I've built. And I came up with this little system and and this has really taken me through some difficult periods, some low periods, and and I, I recall writing everything I do every single day. So I have diaries that are more than thirty years old, wow. and I can go back and um, you know pick up pick up you know whether it's. Uh, 1995 when I started Jekyll or or 2000 or you know and look at what was happening mm. then what my thoughts and reflections were how I would have how I've grown right what 
the things that I plan to do and, and how did I, you know, get to accomplish it. So um, some of the books that have helped me, a lot of the Stephen Covey books have been oh, very useful. Yeah. Um, he's got The Seven Habits of, yeah. of, of, of oh, Highly Successful. Yeah. Um, he's got um, The Eighth Habit. Right. So it's Seven Habits yes. of Highly people and then there's the eighth habits right um i have used some of uh the work of of chopra the, the, right. chopra. Chopra, yeah. the, the, the seven the seven um the laws the laws of success mm -hmm. right those i found very very useful um there are certain verses and and, and passages out of the bible so yeah. I've, I've yeah. read so, yes. yeah. spiritual yeah. Um, what i brought into my confidence box actually came out of something that was given to me by a Hare krishna person right. on campus one day they were there singing Hare krishna yeah, yeah. with the little tambourines and things yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they gave me a book I was just walking one of those days. I'm always lost walking with my head, you know, and a bag on my back full of books. And they had me the book and I reached out and I just took it and without thought. And sometime later, when I really looked at it, it was entitled The Science of Self-Realization. Right. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know I have this. And it speaks about the 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 attachments the five attachments that bind us and prevent us from achieving the fullness of self okay and that was really a big right. you know illumination for me right and, um so that has gone into the confidence box um i became overweight and because lifestyle change and all sorts right. and right. Change, and so I use my confidence box to help me shed the weight. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so I documented what I ate. Right. I had, I had um, a digital camera right. that used a cassette tape. As okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I took photos of myself. <laughs> and I have this whole photo file loving myself with 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 the weight and working to lose it yeah, yeah. and um so i have pictures of me going from you know and then getting rid of all of the clothes and buying yeah. new clothes yeah. and celebrating yeah. that and and so i have a whole lot of stories right. i have flashcards i have flashcards that are color coded you kind of go you kind of go real in deep into this don't you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So maybe that's one of the good and bad things about me. I'm very intense. Um, when I take on something, yeah. I go deep to the, yeah. to the theory, to the principles and kind of to the depth of it. And, and I document, document. And, and so that's the very, I guess, rigid side of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. and, and, and I, I love the fact you have a confidence box. I have something similar-ish but not as in depth as yours. So I call it my hooray file. So I mm -hmm. will put stuff to digital file. So I put stuff that's positive or things that have happened, or like you say, when you need a bit of boost of confidence and just remind yourself on the journey you've been on and things like that, yeah. it's in my file. So yeah, so confidence mm -hmm. box, hooray file. 
same differences, same differences. So, so Dr. Valma, if you had to start from scratch, start over from scratch, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Um, hmm. I probably, I think a lot of things just fell in place that, that like it should. What I would not have done was built a house when I did. Okay. Um, because one of the things that lagged and I, I recognized it quickly and started reorganizing was my financial intelligence. Right. And so I started working on four areas of growth. And that came out of stuff that I put into my confidence yes. box. And maybe, um, you know, I can... I can share some of the books, maybe I, some of them are on my shelf that I have close by. But um, so I was working, I sat down and I planned out what are, you know, the emotional self and social and, and spiritual self and intellectual self and, and the material, physical. Right. And so I had goals right. that, yeah. that for each one. And at the time when I was doing that, I was working on my doctoral work. I, I returned to Grenada after I completed my master's um, in, in environmental engineering and, and spent, you know, a few years and I started to lose steam and, and mm. things were happening. And so I left to, to the UK to do my doctoral work. And so in, in kind of coming out of that and and plotting is when I started to focus and so so my intellectual work was the doctoral work yeah, and there yeah, was yeah. spiritual and social yeah and I got this book it's written by a black guy really good he was on tv in right. the UK on BBC I think and okay. I was looking at one day and I'm like ah I need to get his book you know and so I started planning for retirement I started you know yeah. fixing my financial health and all of that and I'm like damn why didn't anybody advise me of this you know and so and so um because I had this 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 really nice house hmm. which during during the the period between you know returning and, and leaving um that I invested in but of course People ask you to list your assets and you list a house. And, yes, and yeah. that comes that you should never list as an asset because it's a liability. Yeah. It's only somebody else's asset because I had a mortgage. So it was the right. bank's asset. Right. Yeah. My yeah. asset. Yeah. And a lot of people know that, but but the general general yeah. persons are not who do not have you know enough financial intelligence do not know that. And so I'm like, oh damn, I should not have built that house. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, I was prepared to lose it. So I went back to school and I put tenants in the house. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I started making a lot of changes. Right. Then. right. Um, and so if I, if I had to do anything different, it would be that. Okay. Okay. I would not have built a house when I did. Yeah. And, and you like, like the financial intelligence is something, like you say, is very much overlooked. And I think it has to start very early on, not just not, yeah. not even an adult when you're in school, you know, yes. understand yeah. the basics of finance and how it works. So I totally yeah. take that on board. So, mm -hmm. Dr. Valma, share with us a success quote. I know you're going to have one or a mantra. 
that you use and why it's meaningful for you? Well, for me, I always said uh, failure is not an option. Right, okay. I find myself saying, think like a soldier. Think like a soldier. I don't know where it came from. But lately, I have been using the words of Angela Davis. Right. Um, and she says, I am... I am no longer accepting the things that I cannot change. Yeah. I am changing the things that I cannot accept. Excellent. So Excellent. That, has, that has been my new side of the, yeah. So, yeah. so why that phrase? Um, because I cannot accept the fact that as a woman, in the Caribbean, I cannot still have a global Present. audience. Yes, yes, yes. Someone who is is as intelligent as you know another woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, in 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 London or mm. or New York, um, I I have all of the the skills and talents. Maybe less financial resources. Right. But. Um, so I, I, I do not believe that, because at one point I thought it was a mistake to have returned to the Caribbean. Right. Because I thought maybe I would have grown much more in another place. But yeah. I look back and I say, no, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally not true. Yeah. We can do it right here. We can yeah. do it right here in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I want to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to change the fact that we are using, in my view, the the wrong end of the the wrong part of the in framing the conversation about our past. Okay. Um, I think we our liberation theology um, should be about these you know scientists and engineers and astronauts and um, astrologists our people who have brought us through this journey were not just working in the fields with whips on their back yeah yeah they were imagine the european colonists he knew nothing about medicinal plants Mm. of the tropics or yeah. tropical diseases. Yeah. knew nothing about um farming rice yeah. you read there's a there's a book that um uh, 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 dr black professor black um published about the rice industry in the u.s and how it was yeah. all built by farmers from africa who had the knowledge right they them. yeah so were brought to the Caribbean they were not brought only for uh physical hard mm. work mm. they had medics mm. who were yeah. brought yes. we read about them the women who are medical revolutionaries so much so that as early as 1767 it became illegal for blacks to practice medicine right. because the medicine was part of our liberation yes yes they used it as part of the revolutionary movement. Imagine an entire plantation being made ill. Yeah, yes, yeah. Her, 
and nobody yeah. could work. I was working what it was. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they knew the antidote. They knew what to take to yeah. get better. Yeah. Or the women who were using um, the poinciana, which is the national yeah. flower of Barbados, yeah. to abort test because they did not want their children to be born into 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 the same so for me i want to change the conversation okay because i am a product of that i am i i can do i can do calculus and and quadratic equations and differentials and and i know i'm a scientist and no less a person yeah. Yeah. because of my, my ancestry. Yeah. And so 1721st century is born out of the idea. That's one of the, the, the companies that I'm working with, a team of scientists from, from around the world, one of our specialists in biotech bio, bio nano, sorry, nano, right. nanobiotechnology is from India. Right. Um, and I am using the 17th century stories right. about our healing plants. Yeah. So I learned through oral tradition from my, yeah. my grandparents and the, the people in our village. But I'm using that 17th century uh, materia medica right. for our 21st century cures. Right. And so we've actually used the stories. They're not written in our language. Yeah. The next thing was appropriated by the Europeans. And now I have books such as this one. It's a manual of all the healing cures, but it's not written in, 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 in English. This one is right. in, in, in French. And at the back, there is a... Um, dictionary of all the Creole words, right? So you can translate from yeah. our, our Carib Caribbean, translate what it meant into yeah. French, yeah. And so all of our healing traditions were developed by right. our ancestors, yes. And so we are using this a lot of it. The science has been validated, yeah. That's the exciting part about this, yeah they would use a plant for a tummy ache or whatever. And all of the science has now been worked out on the plant, which validates the traditional yes. use. Yeah. So yeah. we are using, and, and the garden has all of these medicinal plants growing here. And so we are using it to do our cures. Excellent, excellent. Now, one of the things you said in your mantra, when your mantra is that you used to say failure is not an option. But where has failure played a success in your career, in your life? Um, well, I had a very traumatic experience that I am still working out of. Um, you know all about the global financial crisis of yes. 2008. Yes. I wouldn't say it directly affected me. What happened was that, well, I shouldn't say it didn't, it did, but something else happened. Somewhere in my financial planning, you yeah. know, getting yeah. 
I decided to leverage my expertise as an environmental scientist into developing a, a, a business right. that will generate products and revenue and whatnot. Because with consulting work, although I've been very successful at it, you have no control over the right. job. The work, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The work, and you have yeah. to sometimes bids and you may win a bid you don't win a bid yeah. You, know, yeah. you have no control yeah over how much money you would make yeah. right? and so I started thinking how can I reinvest that income into something that leveraged the knowledge I already have right not starting a beauty shop or something else where yeah. I don't have the skills and so, of course, it led me back to my roots with farming and, mm. and all of that. So I started to develop the farm. And the, the banks, <laughs> it sounds like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> it actually does. So I was given this promise. I, I, I came up with, the, with you know, a rough budget that yeah, I would need yeah. to do one of the things I wanted to do. And I needed the money in phases. So I asked for 3.5 million for phase one and this and that and the other. But anyway, so I got a promise that I will get financing from an institution. And um, they gave me uns an unsecured uh, loan, like an overdraft facility. Yeah. We'll get started and yeah. we'll work out all the details. And there I am. I mean, you want to build a rocket to the moon and somebody says, start to build. <laughs> aren't you going to say, aren't you going to start a build? Aren't you going to start? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So I, I mean, I was just so full of excitement. And I started building and, and, and this idea of this agro-ecotourism. Yeah. So I was told to go ahead and, you know, we would work out the details. I gave them my financial reports from, you know, what I did before with my other business, um, with the consulting business and my business plans and strategies and cash flow projections and how I would make this new venture work. Yeah. And, and I advertised all over the world. I went to the last. Um, <laughs> every year there's the London market, the London tourism. Yes. Um, yeah. And there's this Florida Cruise Association yeah. big conference. And I went to all of these places and advertised and I'm starting this huge new ecotourism venture. And, da, 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 and it's going to be so great. And I'm even written up in the, 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 the magazine right. saying new thing coming, you know. <laughs> so, and after I signed over all of my land documents right. to the institution, because I, I did not have um, an institution involved in the financing of the, right. of the land. After I signed over the documents to them, they cut the funding. They were like, we're not gonna fund you anymore. We want our money back. I'm like, well, excuse me. Yeah. At the same time, a lot of the big hotel projects and, and different schemes that I was doing consulting work for, that, that's 
with my consultant business now, yeah. they all, you know, just went to a halt. Right, we right. We're yeah. talking about post Lemon Brothers. Yes, yes, yes. So that's 2008 and into 2009. So I just had this little nightmare of a dream to see all of my property listed for sale. <laughs> and so um, in, in a small community, that's very hard. Yeah. And I am not the person to now go and explain. There was no, there was no explaining. I mean, right? So um, all of the lands is for sale, the, the house is for sale, everything is for sale. And um, one day I'm sitting, you know, in the garden that I started yeah. with, with my employees and a bailiff and a policeman came and said, oh, oh the bank to take your vehicle from you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so they stripped everything out of the vehicle, my, um, all of my tools and equipment that were in there. I had... Uh, a sticky decal, one of those metal sticky decal for my company logo and yeah. everything. So they pulled it all out. I mean, they were so uh, dramatic. Yeah, yeah. In stripping everything, you know, off. And I'm like, but couldn't this have been done another way? But the thing is, I was only like two days late with my payments. You know, it, it, it's so that's why I said it sounds like this conspiracy theory sometimes when you talk about what has really happened yeah. um and so there was this portrayal that i reached too high right and yeah um, i i and i failed and um and so a lot of the voice, the public voice was quieted because you now have to be dealing with, you know, you're up for sale, girl, everything you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I speak to someone who, who works um, with the, the, the European Development Fund. And I had many, many projects. Um, I did a land and marine management strategy for Grenada. I did projects for OECS and the region that was funded by the European Development Fund. And one of the, the officers, um, the local representative for EU, we were speaking on the phone one day and she said, Valma, somebody called me over the weekend and I was just so disturbed. She said, you lost everything, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah. we'll see, you know, and I just, I just kept going. I just kept going. I just kept going. Um, I, my faith, my confidence in, in, right. in, in me got even stronger. Right. Got even stronger. That's good. I had, I had that, um, that valley experience, you know, where you deep in the valley and over the last 12 years, my roots have gone even deeper, deep down, reaching to the, the water table. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm planted real strong. If you look at a big tree, 
it has huge roots. Mm. What you've seen on top is, is, is even bigger below. And that massive root system, that foundation, um, I have, I've really had to go very deep to, to, to not lose hope, to not lose the vision, yeah. to, to fail, to seem to have failed publicly. Right, yeah. It's okay when we have private, yes. private. Yeah, but putting it all putting putting it all out there make it so visible yeah. and so public. It, it, it's it's public's perception. You're then dealing. Yes. And um, one of the worst parts of it, there is this this perception created that I'm bankrupt. Right. So one of the banks returned all of my checks. I wrote like fifteen checks to do different things. And all of the checks were returned. That was very humiliating. <laughs> and I remember taking someone to the bank with me and asked them to show them, you know, come, show them the screen, show them my account. Yeah. There's money in there. <laughs> I did not write you a bad check. I've yeah. got money in the account. And they refused to issue a letter of apology. Wow. You know? And so years later, that happened in 2011, I believe, a few years later, my attorney said, you know, we should file a, uh, we should file a case against the bank for defamation. Yeah. And, uh, um, and it took several years. Right. I think we filed in 2014. And during the pandemic, last year yeah i got a check for almost two hundred thousand dollars because go. from a court order the, yeah. the court ordered the court ordered that um and so it's not the financial part of it yeah. because months later i went to to do a transaction and someone refused to take a check from me Yes, it's the, yeah, and, yes. You know, he said, um, oh, I'm not, he says, Valma Jasmine, uh, you're not the lady in the newspaper with that thing with the check. Oh, no, 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 I don't want, oh, no, no, no. Uh, go and find me cash. Uh, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. So, so that, during those, during that time, I did not lose faith in me. My confidence box that I had developed yeah you know, from, from during, you know, that, that, that period really kept me yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all of, you know, my ancestors and everybody really yeah. carried me. Yeah. So yeah. now the, all of the legal battles are not over. Um, and I put that in its own box yeah. because it's not about the, the court victory. It's, yeah. it's about, you know, standing up for yeah. one of the things that I believe yeah. uh, that, that needs to change because yeah. we have uh, uh, so really abusive um, colonial institutional norms that are alive in the Caribbean, in Grenada, where we are making decisions based on class and social status and, and what have you. 
and determining who should succeed. Right, right. Pass through the gates. Yeah. Who can move up if you if you want to use the word what station into another. There are gatekeepers who are holding fast and trying to decide. And I have I have dealt with that gatekeeping, not only dealing with financial institutions, but dealing with some of the regional um, institutions like CARICOM and what have you. You have to be careful how you speak about it because you still want to be employed. Yes, of course, of course, of course. I have had many, um, many projects. Uh, I've walked away from, from, from many projects. Now I, I, I do less walking away. Mm. I, I stand up and fight, but I've walked away and left a lot of money on the table with, 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 with engagements, with, with regional agencies, yeah. with governments, not so much with private sector agencies. Right. Right. Uh, and so I... I, I, I continue to remain firm. Um, I may be perceived as difficult and difficult is good because it's difficult because you are, you are requiring the best. You are, you, I'm not a perfectionist, but I want you know, to know that I strive for excellence. I have the capacity to do it. My, my grandma always talked about savoir faire it's about knowing how to do things, how to live, and, mm. and the patois. So it was all about savefe and savevi and vini vini ukaiwe, and they spoke, you know, the broken French, and I learned quite a lot of it. And she did not have; they were not very rich, but they yeah. were not, you know, yeah. they were not without. But it was about just just how you how you carry yourself, how you live, how you you know, just this feeling of 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 this is my world. Yes. Yes. So I, I hope that, that and, and I don't call myself successful. I, I, find, I find success is such a finite, final word. Right. More about, about progress. Okay. I think about, about progress and, 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 and because if I think I'm successful, then I'll stop. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like you've reached whatever. And so there are a lot of things that I still would like to do and change. And, and so I think of, 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 you know, the progress of, of, of the path, the journey. Uh, And I hope that um, through what I have been able to achieve, that I can now inspire others to say, I can do it too. Yeah. And I know there are young people who said to me, I see you do this and I know I can do it too. I want to do this or I want to do yeah. that. And, yeah. and so I think, you know, um, in, in that in that in that small way, I, I may have been contributing. And make a difference. Yeah. The people feeling that they can they yeah. can do it. Definitely. Now we're coming down to our last couple of questions, Dr. Velma. So my next question is, what are the three things have you learned about yourself during your career? I am a very shy person. Okay. <laughs> I'm an introvert. I, I prefer to be silent. And 
to let you know my action speak for itself okay so that's one yes so um yeah but i also learned that i have deep empathy okay and for others um but i protect myself from others because i recognize that that could be easily abused right and so um it make some another person might say that i am selfish or mean right but i have seen that um when you reach out sometimes to help others they take too much from you right okay okay and so um in giving i prefer not to let others know that i am the one doing the giving okay okay so um so then you get to protect right you know or else you give too much yes yeah um, and so i've had to 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 kind of check myself mm. uh in in relations especially with people who um who are who you feel a certain way about or who are close yeah. to you yeah yeah so i've learned that you know um yes you 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 care but i've had to learn that you have to start protecting yourself yeah and that that goes back to your boundaries again yes <laughs> your boundaries again get back to your boundaries again even as a child even as a child i remember having my my comb for my hair yeah and my medical bag with my vicks and chest rub and this was fine you know um and he has one but you can't have all yeah yeah um, and what would i say is the third thing um i would say that i am my biggest critique i'm i am i'm i'm hardest on me okay. i do not find that i get sufficient feedback right um and so that's one of the things i probably crave and maybe it's just a human thing it's not about wanting to be recognized which is a yeah. different thing. yeah but in um getting constructive feedback yes yeah yeah um and so i set my own bar a lot of the times right. and um so there could be a little bit of a um what's the right word <laughs> without being cruel to me <laughs> <laughs> so you you um and i'm not a perfectionist all the people would say that i recognize the things that i can do well and should do well right and i also recognize the that there are certain things that you could only strive for your best and and leave it at that um and and when you can't get the best then um you find you eliminate that activity rather than keep beating on yourself so i had to learn that okay. i had to learn that. yes 
Fabulous, fabulous. That was my last official question, so I can take you out of the hot seat. But if persons want to know more about what you're doing, Dr. Valma, um, how can they connect with you or where can they find out more information about what you do? Well, the best way to reach me is to email valmajessamy at jekyllcaribbean.com okay. or um, a telephone call will do. Can they, they can connect with you on LinkedIn? Yes, LinkedIn, sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's fine, that's fine. I'll, make, I'll put those connections in the show notes so yeah. we, can get in touch, can we can get in touch with you. So that was the end of our interview, Dr. Val Jessamy. Dr. Val Jessamy, thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, it was an absolute delight and learning more about what you do. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, I... I I welcome the, the invite, although I was a little hesitant to speak and I shared it with one of my friends and she's like, go ahead, do it. <laughs> you need to do this, you know? So, um, so thank you so much. And I really um, admire what you're doing because I think it's, it's very important for the strong women of the Caribbean Absolutely. to have this, this opportunity speak out so thank you so much you're welcome thank you very much